Hello there. Welcome back to MLEX's weekly podcast covering the top regulatory stories of the week. My name is James Paniki. I'm a senior editor with MLEX's Asia-Pacific team, and it's great to be with you again. Now, here's a question for you. How do you pay for all of the stuff that you need? With money, obviously, sure, but what's the means of payment? When you go to a supermarket, chances are that you'll have one of two credit cards, a Visa or a MasterCard. And when you go to make an in-app purchase on your phone or your smart device, you're likely to be using a payment system very generously provided by Apple or Google. Well, today we're going to be looking into payment services from two very different parts of the world. In just under 10 minutes, we'll be joined by Jenny Lee from our Seoul Bureau to talk about South Korea's brave attempt to crack open Apple and Google's app stores to make way for rival payment services. And things aren't going to plan as local app developers shy away from the prospect of poking two very large bears. But first to the UK for the gargantuan battle between Amazon and Visa over just how much the online marketplace should be charged every time a customer makes a purchase with a Visa credit card. Not many retailers would be able to take on the might of Visa. In fact, Amazon might be the only one with enough clout to do it, and chances are that it will get its way. Fiona Maxwell is a senior financial services correspondent for MLEX. She's based in our London offices and has written a fine piece of analysis on the Amazon Visa dust-up. So, um, Fiona, uh, Amazon has said it won't accept UK-issued Visa credit cards from January. So uh, maybe let's start by explaining why that is. Yes, James, that's correct. So what Amazon has said is that the cost of accepting car payments is too high due to the various fees uh, that are involved in what, frankly, is quite a complex payments process, um, and that those fees continue to rise despite technological advancements. It hasn't actually pointed the finger at any particular fee levied by Visa, but one likely source of the issue is what is known as interchange fees, and that's the price paid by a retailer's bank to a cardholder's bank. And those fees are set by Visa and also MasterCard, and are basically collected on behalf of banks, and both card companies have announced increases for EU merchants following the UK's departure from the EU. It's important to note that previously, interchange fees were capped at 0.3% of a transaction's value, that's for credit card transactions, and 0.2% for debit card payments. And in the UK, uh, for EU merchants... Post-Brexit, that has now increased to 1.15% for debit cards, 1.5% for credit card transactions online. Okay, so it's no surprise that Amazon would be rather hostile to these fees. But in your article, you say that Amazon has in fact called Visa's bluff. Why is that? So the issue of increasing card fees and the fact that the card payments world is essentially a duopoly between, uh, on the one hand, Visa and the other hand, MasterCard, uh, that's something that's really irked retailers for quite some time, particularly smaller retailers. Uh, Groups in the UK, so there's the, the British Retail Consortium as an example, they've called for regulators and lawmakers to intervene. They've said there are competition issues that need fixing. And regulators are well aware of these issues. But despite that, costs still seem to be going up. And I think those smaller retailers wouldn't be able to say, oh, right, well, you know, we'll, we'll just no longer accept Visa cards. Um, but actually, Amazon has the market power to be able to do that. 
So I, I think from the merchant, the retailer side, there's this sense that Visa and MasterCard can just raise prices and nothing can be done about it because, you know, merchants don't have an alternative. And, and actually here, Amazon is saying, no, we're not going to accept that. All right. Now, whenever you and I talk, we always seem to mention Brexit. Uh, so is the UK's departure from the EU to blame for this saga as well? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Brexit um, seems to crop up in most stories in the UK at the moment. Um, In this particular situation, I think it is fair to say that Brexit has enabled these price hikes, but it, it is a bit more complicated than that. So if the UK were part of the EU it would cap interchange fees, like I explained before. So there would be a, a limit on, on how high those fees can go. Uh, but that's on transactions within the block. So within the EU, due to EU rules, there's a limit on those particular fees. So now the UK is obviously no longer part of the EU. Uh, when it left, it absorbed its own version of those rules. But very importantly, that that cap doesn't apply for UK EU transactions. So basically, when there's an EU retailer involved, and the card has been issued in the UK. But I mean, I I would add that, um, you know, beyond Brexit, this has been a concern for a while from the retail industry that card company fees have just been generally increasing. And and this is something that's happening around the world. So it's not just a UK or Brexit issue. Amazon and Visa have both been careful not to cite Brexit as the catalyst here. Um, and you've even had some commentators saying, you know, this is simply a case of greed and, um, you know, who who gets to keep the money that's involved in um, car payment fees. OK, so up until now, we've talked about a clash between two giants, Amazon and Visa. Nowhere so far have we mentioned the role of regulators. Now, you say that regulators, in fact, appear to be increasingly behind the curve. Uh, Why is that? Why aren't they keeping up with all of this? Yeah, I think this is a really important point, because in the UK, there actually is a a dedicated payments regulator. It's called the Payment Systems Regulator, known as the, the PSR. And it has in the past raised concerns over these increasing card fees. Um, It's told MasterCard and Visa not to hike these overseas cross-border fees just because they can post-Brexit. But, you know, even within the UK, this is something retailers have been complaining about for a long time. And it does appear that not a great deal is being done to remedy the situation. And even though when we were, when the UK was in the EU, there were limits on these interchange fees, businesses have complained about other hikes um, to other kinds of fees that are involved in the payment process, particularly what's known as scheme fees, uh, which are basically paid by the banks to the card companies. uh, And these costs generally are, are passed on to merchants. I would add in this particular situation of Amazon and Visa, the PSR said it's taken note of Amazon's decision and that it will undertake further work looking into rising card fees. But I do think there's a sense of regulators being a little late to the party on this one. It's an issue that's been around for a while and, you know, potentially it's taken one of the world's biggest retailers to possibly force action on this. Well, given uh, up until now, at least, this inaction on the part of regulators, that prompts the question of what lies ahead. I mean, do you think this is likely to be resolved? And if so, how? So Visa has said it's disappointed that Amazon has taken this issue public, but it, that it's aiming to work towards a solution. Um, what, what that solution will be, whether the car companies may lower their fees in response, or maybe there will be some sort of legal process, That that's something that remains to be seen. The, the one thing I would add, and, and not meaning to get off topic too much, is, is whether there will be a separate kind of unintentional solution to this. So I mentioned the 
the duopoly of card companies, of, of Visa, MasterCard. So separately, central banks across the globe are working on what's known as a central bank digital currency, and that's essentially, in its simplest form, just a, a digital version of cash. And there has been talk about how this could kind of crack open the duopoly, because in in payments in at retailers, it would mean that cards aren't actually needed. There would kind of be a, a different way of paying. And it's, it's just interesting to note because this is something that British retailers um, are really pushing for because, you know, they're, they're fed up with the high cost of card payments and, and the lack of regulatory intervention. So, I mean, it's, it's not certain that this will happen. Um, definitely not certain this will happen in the UK. Um, and in itself, it could potentially cause some competition issues, but it's it's certainly one to watch that could potentially you know, fix this concern we're talking about today. And uh, what retailers are really objecting to is the duopoly. I mean, the suggestion, uh, from what you're telling me, the suggestion is that there is a lack of competition, or at least retailers feel that this uh, Visa, MasterCard uh, duopoly is not serving the interests of consumers. Yes, exactly. And um, the the BRC in particular has really called for action for... um, uh, UK Parliament and from regulators. And I think it's something like 99% of car payments are made with Visa and MasterCard. And so you can see that there really is no alternative for these retailers and whatever increased fees there are, essentially they're just forced to swallow them really. Fiona, thank you so much for speaking to me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, James. Fiona Maxwell is an MLEX senior correspondent covering financial services and she's based in London. Her analysis of this titanic struggle over payments is ready for you to read and enjoy. Just head to our website, mlexmarketinsight.com. That's M-L-E-X, marketinsight.com. And click on the aptly named News Hub tab for the very best of MLEX's reporting and analysis. That's where you'll find Fiona's piece, which is titled Amazon Calls Visa's Bluff as UK Regulators Fail Retailers Over Soaring Prices. And it's on the sunny side of the paywall right now. As for our subscribers, well, they can click through to the relevant portfolios of work for all of the background on this and other financial services issues bubbling away in Europe and the UK at the moment. In just a few seconds, we'll be crossing to South Korea. I'm James Paniki, and you're listening to MLEX's weekly podcast. Now, if you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to MLEX's podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify and Stitcher. It's easy to do. It's easy to leave a review if you'd like to help us spread the word and bring the excitement and joy of regulatory affairs to as many people as possible. Now, it's hard to keep track of all of the globally significant stories coming out of our Seoul Bureau at the moment – But none of them have captured global attention more than South Korea's brave new legislation designed to force Apple and Google to allow third-party payment systems into their app stores. The goal of the law is to prevent the tech giants from having a monopoly on payment methods within their ecosystems. It's a world-first attempt to open up app stores, and things aren't going as well as expected. Jenny Lee is a member of our South Korean team and she's been covering the story for us. Uh, So, uh, Jenny, firstly, let's talk about the legislation that's in place. So let's give a bit of background here. What do we need to know about that? Um, Sure. The legislation is the world's first attempt to force the tech giants to open up their app stores to third-party payment systems for in-app purchases. 
Um, after a number of delays, the legislation was adopted by the South Korean parliament in August with overwhelming support from lawmakers who wish to limit the company's clout in the app marketplace and deliver more competition for the benefit of both developers and consumers. So what the legislation does is it lets app developers to use whichever payment system they see fit for in-app transactions and skirt the 15 to 30% fee that the app stores charge. The legislation also prevents Apple and Google from causing undue delays in reviewing apps or deleting them since these actions might be used as retaliation against developers that employ alternative billing. Okay, so that is the state of play at the moment. It has now been over two months since the law came into effect. What are Apple and Google doing about this? How are they responding? Mm -hmm. So ever since the law went into effect in mid-September, the Korea Communications Commission the local media regulator in charge of enforcing the law has repeatedly urged Apple and Google to submit tangible compliance plans. But the U.S. companies are currently claiming some wiggle room in how they apply the new rules. Earlier this month, Google said it would open Play Store to third-party um, in-app payment systems, but developers taking that option would be hit with a service fee of between 6% and 26%. Um, that is just 4% less than they would pay to use Google Play's payment system. Apple, on the other hand, um, is resisting making policy changes, although it recently accepted a concession to allow developers to direct their payment options outside of their iOS app or the App Store. Um, this kind of prompted the company to say its payment policy is in compliance because it was no longer mandating that developers use its payment system. Yes, but obviously directing users to an external mode of payment isn't quite the same as having an in-app um, alternative. So there are clearly some issues that still need to be resolved. The Korea Communications uh, Commission, the KCC, has already issued repeated warnings to both companies for failing to comply with the law. Tell me something about those warnings and how the KCC is responding to, uh, to the situation. Sure. Um, since the two companies submitted their compliance plans for the new law, uh, the KCC has been harsh in its criticism, um, calling them inappropriate. The regulator has warned the company many times that they don't align with the legislation's intent, uh, which is to let app developers freely choose and use the payment method they see fit, whether it's within or outside apps, and that it would launch investigations if they don't adhere to the law's requirements. Um, but the KCC isn't the only one who is scathing of the two companies' proposed measures. Policymakers and many content providers in Seoul have also issued a slew of furious statements on end, claiming the changes fall short of the law's mandate to allow alternative payment systems to be integrated directly within apps, thereby lowering developer commissions and slashing user costs. Okay, so the suggestion of what you're saying, and uh, I suppose the thrust of your analysis, which we encourage listeners to read, is that South Korea's world-leading attempt to regulate Apple and Google's app stores hasn't gone to plan. Is that situation likely to change anytime soon? Um, 
It's pretty difficult to say because what Apple and Google stated in their compliance plans isn't final, and both companies are still mapping out strategies for their app stores. So we don't know what kind of measure they'll take ultimately. But what's more interesting is that there seems to be some reluctance among lo、uh, local app developers. Or game developers in particular to take advantage of the new rules. I spoke with several sources about this, and they said almost all game makers in South Korea don't want to antagonize Apple and Google, and so they're just sitting on the sidelines doing nothing. So as of last month, none of the biggest games in South Korea, including Nexon, Netmarble, and NCSoft, had taken steps to introduce alternative payment options in their apps. Despite the fact that they pay the tech giants more than one trillion won, which is about eight hundred forty-six million dollars each year, so the reason for this reluctance is that the tech giants own the two major gateways to billions of users around the world. They can flex their significant market muscle and impose restraints on those violating the App Store guidelines or those who have simply fallen out of favor. And South Korean game developers have reportedly faced some difficulties from Apple and Google in the past. For example, delays in app updates or even the deletion of their games. And they now seem to be more concerned about losing visibility they enjoyed on the store's main page and in the App Store rankings, which can decide the success of their products. And it could happen not in local app stores, but in stores overseas where the South Korean legislation doesn't apply. So all of this suggests that the new legislation and its enforcement decree, which the KCC announced recently, may not be as effective in providing benefits to developers and consumers as lawmakers and the KCC had intended, unless developers change course. So clearly, that's a problematic state of affairs. If、um, local developers are worried that、uh, they will、uh, suffer if they were to、uh, embrace the provisions of the new law, now the KCC has just announced the final text of the law's enforcement decree. As you said,、uh, what are the regulations contained in that?、Mm-hmm. So the final draft of the legislation's enforcement decree was、uh, released last week. Expanding on the prohibited acts stipulated in the law, they include delaying or denying app reviews, deleting apps, limiting or suspending platform use, imposing technical restrictions, and imposing unreasonable or discriminatory conditions or restraints, whether through commission, exposure, search, and advertisement. Uh, the enforcement decree also empowers the KCC to file a criminal referral against the platforms and levy fines of up to two percent of relevant local sales or commission fees earned. Jenny, these are really interesting developments.、Uh, thank you for walking us through this issue today. It's been great talking to you.、Uh, it's been great talking to you too. Thanks for having me. Jenny Lee writes for MLEX from our Seoul bureau, and her analysis of this issue is available at our website, mlexmarketinsight.com. That's mlexmarketinsight.com. Just head for the News Hub tab. And I recorded my chat with Jenny late on Thursday. By Friday, just minutes before filing this podcast, Google announced that it would in fact relent and allow third-party payment systems into its apps for in-app transactions. So. Not just a link to an external provider, but an in-app third-party payment system. South Koreans will be able to use those payment systems from December the 18th. 
And our subscribers, of course, can catch up on all of the latest developments. It's all there in our South Korean portfolios. Now, very sadly, that's all we have time for today, but there's no regulatory challenge that will prevent us from returning to your podcast feed next Friday at more or less the same time. From everyone here at MLEX and LexisNexis, thank you so much for your company. I'm James Paniki, and I'll see you again very soon. Bye for now.